Welcome to Movie Boners, everybody. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I do have a few housekeeping things before we get to the draft, but I will ask you first, <laughs> what beer are you drinking today? For a second, today? I was like, wow, he like skipped the whole intro. All right. I would never. I have, I have a little bit of a confession to make, Jake, and I apologize. I feel like this happened last time. No. Okay. Did it? No. <laughs> Something. I'll, I'll wait to hear what okay. you're confessing, well, I guess. So I had bought I had bought some beer, you know, I had found beer to mm-hmm. go with the theme of the few current episodes that we had coming out, right? Okay, yeah. I accidentally drank it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I've done that. And I got home tonight, you know, and kicked back. I was relaxing, ate some dinner. <laughs> it was like, all right, time to get the beer ready. I definitely drank it. It was like, fuck, <laughs> I have no beer to go with the theme at all tonight. Um, cool. Sorry. Although I'm going to, I'm going to pull so this out water? of my ass like crazy. Crazy. No, I'm drinking a beer. I just drank okay. the beer. Okay. I'm originally meant to. Okay. Um, but I'm gonna pull this out of my ass. Are you ready for this? It can still wait. work for my list because I have two <laughs> characters from the same universe or uh city okay. at, on my top ten. So uh I'm drinking fat. Bat. Oh, interesting. Oh. Uh, which is <laughs> brewed here in Austin. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I don't even know what kind of beer it is. It's good. It's good. Go check it out. I think it's a hazy IPA. It's pretty good. It's a, I like it. One of those good beers you always hear it about. No, I just, I just saw the label. Man, <laughs> don't judge. I'm tired. <laughs> tired it's all good it's a hazy ipa Um, it's very good okay good i'm glad for you (laughs) uh mine i got specifically for this episode just like i'm supposed to just following the rules over (laughs) here and (laughs) and uh it actually kind of might have worked better for last week's episode but this is kind of adjacent in theme so i thought it would work for this as well fair enough it's from the Payette Brewing Company in Boise, Idaho, and it is called Sofa King Dreamy yeah. with a little <laughs> remote and a crown, and uh, it's a Sofa King Dreamy, if you know what I'm saying there, Sofa King Dreamy. Uh, it is a tropical IPA, oh, which is a, probably not really up your alley, but I really <laughs> like it. It's very good. It has lush florals and bright citrus and massively tropical, it says. Ah. It's very good. Yeah, that would have been a beer for last week, man. Yeah, well. Yeah. I couldn't find any like bad girl IPA. Yeah, no, it's okay. Like it's okay. I think the if I remember right, the name of the beer I had originally meant for this one was actually called like Killer Blonde or something like that. Mm, yeah. yeah. But I drank it. Oh well. But hey, let's. But did you enjoy it? I did. Let's Good. let's just address a, a, a quick thing. Um, okay. So you posted 
an emergency. It was an emergency. A movie boner's emergency. If we had sound effects, this would be the cue for like sirens and wee 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 wee. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I started laughing when I saw it because I didn't read the caption <laughs> at first. And then I read the caption because I was like, man, uh-huh. he's playing, you know, first Bueller a lot. What is going on? And then I read your caption and instantly was like, oh, dear God, <laughs> we fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where I was at. So if you haven't gone to our Instagram or any social media of us um, and you listen to last week's episode, there was a glaring omission that I realized yeah. and you inevitably also realized when I posted about it. Yeah, it was like instant guilt and just like. <laughs> yeah, and I. I found out about it because my wife was talking about like dumb kids' names, like millennial Gen Z, not millennial Gen Z, like kids' names. Mm-hmm. And so she just, but she couldn't think of them. So she's like looking them up on her phone because she couldn't remember any of them. And then she's like, Sloan. I was like, Sloan's an old name. Sloan is like the girlfriend for Ferris. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so I remembered Sloan Peterson for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. I was like, she is a great crush to have on my list and i can't believe i didn't so retroactively updated the list and then yeah sounds like you did I, as well well i felt like how could i forget sloan she is mm-hmm. stunning and incredible and she's so much fun to watch in that movie mm-hmm. and of course i'm not gonna let you have all the glory although you do take <laughs> most of it <laughs> I was yeah. like, you got to save face. You know you have to change your <laughs> list. And I was like, mm-hmm. there's Tina, you got to go. I'm sorry, Tina. You got to go. <laughs> You're gone. Adios, Tina. So Tina got bumped on my list. And yeah, I was just like, how? How <laughs> the fuck? And now, because of that, mm-hmm. I've been going back through my current list on this one for tonight. Yeah. I'm like. Who did we forget? Who? Yeah. Now I'm doubting. It, it definitely made me nervous. Yeah. I was like, I felt so confident. And then there was a, such a big one I missed that I, I did shake my confidence a little bit. <laughs> but, I, but speaking of Instagram, uh, I, I was going to say that we posted our schedule mm-hmm. for the next several of months on there. I also put it on the website if you go to movieboners.com. Uh, so you can see what's coming up. There are some movies that we're going to be spoiling. So you'll want to watch them. So you don't, so you know, uh, what to watch so that you can enjoy the mm-hmm. podcast in the future. And so that's a good thing to do in, uh, but speaking of doing that, so I was actually going to tell you this off air, but said, might as well do it now while we're on here. We'll do it live. Like they always say, you know, it's a weird and unique thing about us. So we don't talk to each other at all about each post that we do on the movie boners, social media accounts. No, we don't (laughs) like part. Part of that is because sometimes we're like poking at each other and talking shit towards each other through the post there. Um, But we mostly use it to post memes and thoughts and stuff that we more things we forgot to say during the episode, like the Sloan thing. Yep. But the thing I wanted to bring up to you is, I 
feel like most podcasts probably have some sort of social media strategy and we don't have anything like that. We have zero strategy. We're just goofing off constantly. <laughs> we're, we're literally just two schmucks who like talking about movies and made yeah. the show. Folks, we're peeling back the curtain. We have <laughs> we're no as real as it gets. clue what we're doing. <laughs> but the reason I realized it's a little weird that we don't discuss anything before we post it is because I recently posted a picture of our faces photoshopped on Wayne and Garth from Wayne's World. Which was glorious. I got so doing the We were doing the swing motion, yes. uh, indicating an erection. <laughs> And for on those the that don't board, understand, <laughs> some people haven't seen Wayne's World or they don't know what swing is. Oh, uh, just Google it on the poster board instead of Claudia Schiffer. I put Lola Bunny from Space yeah, Jam. You did, and I didn't ask you if you wanted a photo of yourself on the internet pantomiming sexual arousal toward a, towards an animated forest creature who's good at has great ball handling. But maybe I should have. <laughs> so I maybe think... I'll consider that in the future, um, or maybe I won't. But I thought it was a funny thing. <laughs> I was like, this, this isn't like the best thing to put out in the world, but you know, he hasn't said anything either. I wasn't bothered by it at all. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> you know what I thought was the funniest part of you using Lola Bunny for the poster board? But she wasn't mm -hmm. on either of our lists. <laughs> uh, I know. I was like, I found that this to be might the funniest be too part. weird. I thought it might be too weird if it was like a human person. <laughs> so I was like, let's do an animated animal. And the, but it, I don't know. In my weird mind, that's less weird. But maybe it's more weird. No, no. Um, had it been like a live action animal, like. Had it been <laughs> one of the lionesses from the live action Lion King, that would yeah. have been weird. Um, okay. But I feel. Or like Sonic the Hedgehog, but the original version where he still looked weird. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that would be All weird, right. right? Now you're crossing. I'm just you're crossing a line now, I'm, Jay. <laughs> I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find the line where we're at. Just making sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I took no offense or any worry. Um, I thought it was funny. I thought it was super fitting. It was 90s theme. It was you and yeah. I. I mean, we're not Wayne and Garth. No. But we're two friends that our, are total schmucks. Our little sh our little show is a lot like a, a public access. Right. We're just not in, we the in the basement of one of our mom's house. So, yeah. Um, I thought it was fitting. And I, I think Lola Bunny was perfect to have on that poster board because she's fictional. So yeah. if you're going to freak out over so you, a fictional can't get mad. character, calm yeah. yourselves. Uh, <laughs> and it, she's from the night. Like, what person? And I say person because women can be just as attracted to Lola Bunny as us guys. So you're all swinging with us. Ooh. <laughs> Poor choice of words. That sounded weird. That sounds pretty weird. Hmm. 
But this is why it works, because I can post weird shit, and I know you'll say weird shit, and that's how we have a show. It's called balance, folks. Called balance. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, good. I'm glad you're cool with that. Yeah, I I wasn't Um, bothered at all, Jake. Don't worry about it. The other other housekeeping thing, we don't normally plug merch, but we do have merch. And the reason I bring it up is because we switch it out every once in a while. And we're about a month away from dropping all of the current designs for the stuff and replacing it with something else um, that we're pretty excited about. So if you like what's there, you should go and grab some of it. Probably get on um, that. Except for, except for the hats, because those came out like a couple weeks ago. Those will stay and probably get added too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the shirts and stuff, those are those are all getting changed up. Yep for summertime around Memorial day. So get it before that. I almost did the, uh, the sun's out uh, guns out, but I was going to change it to our name and had to change and just stop. Cause I almost said sun's out. out. (laughs) All right. So you said it anyways, it doesn't matter. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, that's how I was processing. The thought was just out loud and that's, yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I don't think we can put that on a shirt. I mean, technically uh, we okay. could, but I don't think. <laughs> anyway, yeah, people would be upset. So what new movies did anyway. you see, Jake? <laughs> well, we still have to do the oh, draft. Oh, shit, the draft. You know what, All Jake? of, the, you know all what? of that no, no, no. exciting no, stuff. No, 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 we really don't need to do the draft today. No, we don't. We don't have to look at the draft today, Jake. Are you sure about so that? at you, Jake. <laughs> Let's try. Let's try this. Let's try this. Yeah. So, what the hell am I doing? Okay. Where we are at with the movie boners 2023 fantasy draft is that I have taken the lead, and not only have I taken the lead, where we left off last time, you were ahead of me in the box office, headed towards a billion dollars, and since then, it's been three weeks, I think, because we were recording this one a little late. You just stalled out yeah. right below a billion dollars. You're at $991 million. And I have since shot way up to over 166 yeah. million. No, 1 billion, 66, 660. You know what I'm saying? 1.66 million, billion, billion. <laughs> Oh, and the thing that I thought was very interesting is how closely my trend line for this year matches yours from last year. It's like so That's close, really close, which I I think is exciting because if I remember correctly, you ended the year with the highest overall box office. So that can't be a bad thing, I think. <laughs> and yes, yeah, still I still have the IMDb rating, so now I have two out of three of our categories. I am in the lead in the IMDb rating and the box office. That's pretty close to double the box office that you have currently. And then uh, you are still handily in the lead for the Rotten Tomatoes thing. But uh, so yeah, fucking Mario. <laughs> yeah, Mario's gone a little bit crazy. Um, <laughs> breaking some records it was it's the first movie in 2023 to break past 500 million dollars it did almost that much in its first weekend <laughs> it, did, it did like yeah it did over 350 over the easter weekend 350 million which was larger is the largest animated 
opening ever mm -hmm. beating Frozen 2. When you know how crazy people are about Frozen, uh, Frozen 2. Yeah. And I looked, I was like, I wonder what Frozen 2's total was. And it was around uh, $1.45 which is interestingly about as much as Top Gun Maverick did last year. So if Super Mario becomes my Top Gun Maverick, uh, I will be very I happy. Be fucking that. pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a lot has come out. Super Mario Bros. is one. Apparently, it's pretty good or decent. Kids like it at least. I've heard nothing um, but like great things about it. My daughter and I are seeing it uh, day after we record this. She already went yeah. and saw it with her mom and stepdad, and she was like, Dad, you're going to love this movie. So I, I am excited for it, but I, it's, I'm i a little bittersweet because <laughs> it was on my draft last year, and you fucking stole <laughs> it from me this year because the studio was all yeah. like, ooh, we need to continue pushing back release days. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the studios were very weird the last couple of weeks. So on social media, I started posting. We have a handful of movies that like one of yours comes out the same day as one of mine kind of thing, like here. Yeah. Um, so I started posting a matchup of those. But in April, for some reason, they're just moving movies around like one or two weeks. And so some of the things I posted ended up being wrong. Uh, we're not experts. We don't do this full time. I'm not really paying attention. But so that, yeah, that's definitely weird. Um, but Pope's Exorcist came out today and Renfield came out today and Bo is Afraid kind of came out today. Uh, it's, I think it's limited and then mostly comes out. I don't have any showings around here until the 21st. Oh, okay. So I moved it back a little bit. I think it goes more wide then. Um, but Dungeons and Dragons is doing well. Yep. I freaking so spoiler, we're getting ahead. I saw John Wick. I know you saw John Wick. Yeah. I saw it a week late, one week yeah, late, one did. measly little week late. We have a theater out here that is a Cinemark XD. It's a massive screen, not quite IMAX, but very large. They bumped John Wick out of that massive XD theater after its first week and replaced it with Dungeons and Dragons. And I was a little upset. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding me. After one week, so, yeah, but yeah. you said champions would suck and it apparently does not suck, which I don't I, understand that, but <laughs> I haven't seen yeah, it. But I, I kind of forgot it. that movie came out. I'm not going to lie. It did. Um, it did. It did. Yeah, man. I'm so bitter <laughs> at our draft right now. I'm just so <laughs> mad at it. Well, the good news is March and April were my strongest months. I had a ton of movies come out in that period. You have like you all own of April. May. <laughs> I do have all of April. You own May, though. You have all of May except for Guardians of the Galaxy, which may arguably be the biggest movie of May, which is mine. Um, but you, you have all of the other movies in May. <laughs> and then the summer is going to be back and forth. So if I can hold on through May... I think it will be pretty interesting. I just that's kind of I, I needed to get ahead in order to hold on through May. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't think Fast X is gonna be incredible. like it'll make some it's money. gonna make a shitload of money, yeah. But I feel like with Fast Nine 
being everyone's just like, okay, this was bad. Uh, I think people mm. might be a little weary or leery. Mm-hmm. I mean, on Fast X, I yeah. think Little Mermaid is going to tank so bad. <laughs> uh, I think about my father. When I saw the preview for that, I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, dear God, this might be the worst movie of the year. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of um, that terrible Overboard reboot where oh, they have yeah. this like they have a random comedian guy who's apparently big in Mexico or something who's going to be the lead of it. This feels like that. They're like, here's a new up and coming, a big time comedian that I've never heard of. And he's the lead of this movie with Robert De Niro. I'm like, I'm sure he's very funny, but I don't know if and he can carry a movie just out of the gate. The like jokes that. in the trailer were like, they're just mm-hmm. so bad. They're so bad. I did laugh at the Goodfellas thing where they're burying the, pe- the peacock. Yeah. But, and he's like, we're an Italian family. This is a little bit of a stereotype. It's kind of funny. I, I just, you know, the movie's going to be horrible when the peacock mm-hmm. joke is obviously probably the best joke of the whole movie. And they put it yeah, in, in the, the trailer. trailer. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably a good not a good sign. I think Spider-Man's going to no. be huge. I'm so excited for Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. Yes, that should be good. Rise of Tur- or uh, Yeah. Rise of the Beast doesn't look. Oh, it looks like Transformers. <laughs> All right. uh, one thing you need to think about. Renfield was your first wild yeah. card. And so you should be considering if you want to take the rating or the box office or neither. Of right. That movie. Right. Uh, so whenever you decide there's no time limit, we didn't define one. Just uh, let me know and I'll lock it in. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to. Maybe the end of the probably year. Probably we'll wait for a little while. That's a trigger. I'm a little nervous <laughs> to pull right now. Um, <laughs> <That's understandable. laughs> oh, uh, so yeah, draft. it's going great. I feel it's like going I don't great. Really I have any like complaints? Right it's just. Oh, I get awesome. to keep. Awesome. Get to keep my uh, keep my little baby. Uh, Look at my right my here. victory belt, everybody! Yeah, World just, champion, everybody! <laughs> just pet it and love it. And yes, a I'm a belt. sore loser. You people get over it. <laughs> All right, so that's <sighs> that. Um, new things we watch, though. Did I already tell you that I saw Barbarian? Did I tell you that last yeah. week? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I saw John Wick four. Hell yeah, you did. Chapter four. Hell yeah, which you did. I think the main thing to say about it is it's good. If you're <laughs> a fan of it, if you're a fan of the series, you will not be disappointed. I was skeptical going into it because the rating was like a whole point higher than all the other three. Yeah. And I was like, and then watching it, I was like, it's good. It's basically just exactly as good as all of the other ones. Mm-hmm. And then there's one long sequence that happens <laughs> yes. that yes. it's just like an extended shot and the amount of stunts in that shot and the amount of everything that's going on. I was like, this scene alone is worth an extra point. <laughs> you texted me that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so I concur. It is a great movie. I'm excited about the spinoffs and ballerina and the continental mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. I love the world already. So yeah. I'm excited. We'll, we need to do a John Wick series. I think you said it's amazing. John. We haven't yet. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe we haven't. John Wick four blew me away. I was <laughs> like, 
Like, and I'm really trying not to say really anything about it because yeah. I think it's that kind of movie where people need to just go experience it. Just mm-hmm. the story is incredible. It how it picks up from the end of the third one and just continues this this journey. Yeah, is just mind boggling to me. The stunt work, the fighting, the mm-hmm. everything about this movie. When the end credits rolled. I was physically tired and that's yeah. not a bad thing. I was just like, Oh, I can breathe now because yeah. for a three hour movie, there might be, might be a half hour of not fighting. Yeah, that's probably true. There's also a, a couple of good laughs in it uh there's yeah some there's some great moments the, in it yeah where the the audience laughed i also i really really liked donnie yen's character as the blind i, uh, I love donnie yen dude mr nobody was cool bill scars his dog yeah bill scars was, was cool. great but bill Skarsgård as um oh my god i just forgot his name oh hold on um <laughs> the marquee yeah. I was like, he might be like, he might get typecast because he's almost too perfect as a villain. Yeah. He just plays the, the perfect kind of villain way too mm-hmm. well. Loved it. Love John Wick Fuller. Holy crap. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you should watch it before it gets spoiled. Cause there are just like things that it's better to experience the first time by uh, yep. just going in fresh. Um, yeah, I, I really, really liked it. Yeah. Uh, it was, I, I did like how it picked up right after the third one. I was trying to rewatch all of the three previous ones, like that week at one a day going into it. And then the last day, the day before I saw it, I was going to watch John Wick chapter three. uh, And instead I watched love is blind on Netflix, um, with my wife, which is like a reality dating show. And so I didn't, and then I was a little bit sad because I was like, I don't really remember the, the all of this desert stuff in John Wick three. I forget. I wish I had watched it so I knew exactly what was going on. Um, but I also, I'm not going to lie, I have a guilty pleasure pleasure, and it's Love Is Blind. So you can we see know, me. Jake. We know. <laughs> uh, did you watch anything else new? Yeah, that? I went and saw Dungeons and Dragons with my kid. Is that fun? It's super fun. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was exactly what I wanted it to be, which was just that super lighthearted, enjoyable adventure movie. You don't have to take it too serious. It's got some like deep, meaningful, like emotional scenes to it. It has an actual story, but for the grand scheme of what that movie is and what the purpose Mm was to me, it hit it exactly. It's just enjoyable. It's just fun. It's the kind of movie, you know, you and I talk about this kind of movie all the time where you just throw it on because like, I don't know what else to watch. Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons could be, and probably will be that kind of movie for me where it's literally just always played. Cause mm-hmm. it's just enjoyable. Like It's like the last witch hunter, oh, man. I don't know. That movie was <laughs> hard to get through. <laughs> But, Maybe that's just me. But I'm not going to dock you for it. But no, D&D was a lot of fun. 
And, and I didn't feel like they leaned too heavy on making sure it was only like geared towards mm-hmm. players of D&D. Yeah. There were so many. I, I could tell as someone who's never played, mm-hmm. I could tell that movie is chock full of Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. But if you don't play, you're not going to feel like you're missing out. Like, yeah. or not part of it. The movie just does a great job of making you just it's entertainment. And yeah, it was, it was great. We loved it. We absolutely loved it. Good. Yeah. That's awesome. And that was like pretty much it for the new stuff. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> that was all just John wick. <laughs> just uh, John wick and love I is blind. <laughs> started watching 65 and then got distracted and didn't get very far into it. So I'm going to watch 65 at some point. Let's see how um, it is. Yeah. But, you know, just watching Love is Blind uh, all the time. Well, you know, uh, I was going to rewatch Karate Kid and then I thought, nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just hurtful to say that. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Karate Kid, though, last episode, we did our top 10 movie crushes. Mm-hmm. It was kind of supposed to be in honor of International Women's Month, but we kind of missed the boat on that. It is now middle of April, almost the end of April. And uh, we're anyway, we're doing back-to-back crushes last week, and this week we are doing our top 10 femme fatales, or yeah. villainesses, lady yep. bad guys. <laughs> bad girls. No, that sounds well, weird. Bad let's gals. <laughs> let's move on. That, that doesn't uh, sound much better, Jake. <laughs> it's... Yeah. Baddies? Is that what the kids say? Oh, my Bad God. Bitches. What? All right. <laughs> so we're talking about our top 10 lady villains. We've done villains in the past, just villains in general. But lady villains, I feel like, are special categories, so I'm excited to get into them. And yeah. I really like the villain character because I feel like there's so much depth and nuance to them that for an actor to take on that role, it can be really interesting, especially Mm -hmm. if it's one that doesn't commonly play a villain. I feel like it's a good way to branch out. Um, So I'm my, it's been difficult in me, for me in my mind to separate it from last week's episode that these are not villains that I have a crush on. (laughs) These are just, some of them are very despicable and terrible and all of that stuff. <laughs> I've I've got a few doozies on mine. Yeah. <laughs> when I told my wife that we were doing femme fatales, she was like, you should call it fear boners because you're like afraid of them, but attracted to them. And then uh, as a joke, she said that. But then that's all she was thinking about, that mm-hmm. they were like hot villains. Um, and so I would tell her some on my list and she was like, no, how could you? How could you possibly have a crush on that person? I was like, I don't. She's just a bad guy. She's a really terrible person, um, and so it's been difficult to kind of separate them. But these are just villains who are women who are mm-hmm. bad. So mm-hmm. that's the episode today. Yeah, I noticed um, an archetype in film for these characters that oftentimes, not oftentimes, at least sometimes more than once I have a villain who is a lady that you don't know is a villain for like the beginning of the movie. And then it's revealed that she's bad. Okay. Um, And I think that it's 
it's it's good generally because you don't you oftentimes don't suspect her because she's uh you know you oftentimes will give the benefit of the doubt to a female character more than you would a male character i think and so when it's revealed that they're bad you're kind of surprised often that is kind of an archetype that oh i didn't suspect you but you are the villain and you're a lady um i for that reason several of the ones maybe not several a, a few at least of the ones on my list are kind of spoilers to talk about as bad as villains in the in the context of that movie so might i might bring that up I when we get to that just i feel it out like there. i know what movie you're talking about um and it, I, I have more than one that are like well, that. i feel yeah i'm gonna assume one of them is the one that i mm -hmm. purposely left off of my list because she was put into my top 10 overall villainous characters yeah uh, yeah which i have to say was very difficult to me because she wasn't my number one on that list um mm -hmm. but if i had not put her on that other list i feel she would be very very high on this one and she's already pretty high if i remember right like i want to say she was number six yeah. or seven so she's like right there but uh if that's the character mm -hmm. i'm thinking that you are going to mention that's a big spoiler <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably one of my favorite spoilers ever uh, <laughs> yeah i don't remember how you handled it in that episode i should have gone back and checked um not to spoil that prediction uh <laughs> but I do have a couple of yeah. those on mine too. That was difficult. So one of mine, I really struggled with. Do I put her on here? Because it's a pretty big like thing. And I, I've mm -hmm. talked to a lot of people that have not seen this movie yet. And I feel kind of bad. So I feel like we need to just, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how we handle this. I guess listen <laughs> at your own risk know yeah. that there are spoilers yeah. coming up um i do i will say um on youtube if you go to youtube and you're watching it there which you should if you're able to watch it i know a lot of people listen to it because they can do other stuff but if you're watching it youtube's a good place to do that and there you can have chapters of like here's our number 10 pick here's our number nine pick and all that stuff um and that's an easy way to skip ahead to the sure. end of the conversation um, so I will do that there. I don't know how to do that on Spotify or whatever. So you're kind of screwed there, but listen at your own risk moving forward, starting yeah. now, uh, Jake, <laughs> I started last week's, so I believe it's your turn to go this time. Okay. So you mentioned at the very top of the episode with your beer choice that you have two <laughs> characters from that universe. <laughs> if you recall last week, I also had two you did from sir. the batman universe did. that i had a crush on this episode and in my number 10 spot i have another batman related <laughs> character who is a villain but is one of the better villains and it's not just that i'm a massive batman fan as you know as are you we are both massive batman fans but part of the reason i love batman so much is because his rogue gallery is the best it in all is. comic books maybe in all fiction <laughs> uh 
there are so many great villains and so many deep cut villains that are so interesting. Uh, so just all of his villains are great. And of course, the lady villains are good as well. So my number 10 is the one and only formidable Harleen Quinzel, a.k.a. Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad and The Suicide Squad and that other movie that we don't talk about. <laughs> and the reason that I had to have her on my number 10 list, even though I don't care for the Birds of Prey movie, um, is largely due to the fact that Margot Robbie brought her to life in such mm -hmm. perfect fashion. Like the way that she committed to it. In that first Suicide Squad movie, she's very much sold as like a sex symbol and that's a big part of it for sure um in her outfit and everything but i, I think that is not doing her complete justice no, not at all. because the best part about uh that first suicide squad movie as not as mediocre as it is overall she is a standout she's incredible she basically carries that movie and also not just as harley quinn but the scenes where she is the doctor harleen mm -hmm. quinzel and she's talking to the joker and she's going to the ace chemical factory and all that stuff her performance as this woman who's falling in love with this crazed maniac i don't know it's just it sold it so well as everything that i would ever want it to be from from all the way back from the animated series where i first fell in love with all these characters um so she's just i think single-handedly the best thing about all of the Suicide Squad movies. And uh, and it, they do treat the Suicide Squad as, even though she's like a self-proclaimed bad guy, I guess she is more of like an anti-hero in those movies. Well, um, in the movies, so yeah, they kind of, they changed her narrative. Yeah. Um, or the, yeah, they skipped over a lot too, of like the actual villainousness stuff that she's done. Um, and there's just kind of make it cheeky and fun that, oh, we're the bad guys. Right. Um, but then they're more, really more of anti heroes. So that's the only one that's kind of a cheat, uh, not a full on villain, but in the universe, she's obviously a villain. She's a villain. She's a villain. Um, she even has the line, we're the bad guys. This is what we do. Yeah. Uh, and she's only forced to be an anti hero in that movie. Uh, or in those two movies mm -hmm. because she is a part of the suicide squad and some of the comic books. Uh, Harley is amazing though. I've always loved Harley Quinn from the animated series when she was first mm -hmm. introduced. Uh, I, I still think the movies don't do her complete justice. And that has nothing to do with Margot Robbie. She's a <laughs> crossover. Um, <laughs> because it's me, how can I have a villain list of women and Harley Quinn's not on yeah. it? Um, but if you look at that character's history and the fact that she is mm -hmm. the Joker's girlfriend, um, which again, mm -hmm. kids, we've said this before, uh, don't <laughs> use Harley Quinn and the Joker as your like <laughs> relationship goals learn about yeah. the characters a little bit 
Uh, because when you do it's that, you flag. find out that Harley Quinn has moments where she even makes the Joker a little nervous because she's actually mm-hmm. so fucked in the head that she has like no qualms mm-hmm. with killing anybody or anything at any moment. She's, she just doesn't care. She's a psychopath. Yeah, her mind is broken. <laughs> she's psychotic for sure. Uh, I love Harley. She is a crossover for me. She was a weird one to put on just because I don't think the movies wrote her as well as they should have, but Margot Robbie plays her perfectly. Yeah. So, yeah. She's on my list, but she's fair. a little bit higher. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like your choice, Cedric. <laughs> That's a good choice. Thank you. Well, it's funny that you're number 10 kicks off in the Batman universe because my number 10 <laughs> kicks off in the Batman universe. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> um, mine, I feel, has been a forgotten villain, and that makes me sad because okay. this villain, especially when we were younger in 1995 when this movie came out, this villain yeah. was ominous and frightening and animated um (laughs) but she might be one of the scariest villains of all time this one is kind of a spoiler technically but the movie came out in the mid 90s so if you haven't seen it and you grew up in that era where the you were never going to you and you're probably never going to so i don't (laughs) feel too bad but uh Batman Mask of the Phantasm is one of the greatest like Batman stories <laughs> ever made. Yeah. And the Phantasm is fucking terrifying. It's like mm-hmm. an industrial grim reaper who talks like you think death would talk to you. And it was an <laughs> animated movie where you saw people die. You see this villain mm-hmm. actually kill people in this movie. Um, and twist is it's a woman named andrea beaumont who was an early love of bruce wayne (laughs) and he's like it's such a great story of how she's after revenge for you know avenging her father and stuff killing off gang members and crime bosses and batman is batman she happens to know his secret so it's a cool dynamic you see a lot of history uh the movie is the same animation style as the animated series was, but it's done on like a motion picture scale. So it had if Gotham feels mm-hmm. bigger, the phantasm feels way more ominous when she's on screen. I just, I love her. She's still scary to me. And uh, she was a big part of my childhood. And I kind of can't help but feel like with James Gunn being all let's have, characters that everyone has forgotten about or doesn't know about you know what yeah if he threw the phantasm into his batman lore Mm -hmm. i might i might give him a little more grace (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a great story that has not been done in live action yet and so i do think that would be really really good um that's a great choice and a deep cut all of the warner brothers animated uh dc animated oh stuff God. is really really it's good so good <laughs> like they're consistently good i feel like 
I don't know. We could talk about all of the different ones out there for a long time. Because, yeah, Mask of Phantasm is, is one of the probably the heavier hitters, but there's a lot of really good there ones is, out there. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Uh, okay, my number nine is poss- possibly the least the least murderous villainous on my list but still very evil uh and and also a little comedic at the same time which i enjoyed i had a lot of very serious movies and i wanted to have one that was a little more fun mm-hmm. um so my number nine is regina george from mean girls yes. i was wondering i was like <laughs> i was like okay is my list just all murderers it is um <laughs> but I wanted to put Regina George on mine so much because she's so evil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The One of the best lines and kind of the reason that it cinched it for me was where uh, she says, an evil takes a human form in Regina George. Don't be fooled because she may seem like your typical selfish, backstabbing, slut-faced hoe bag. <laughs> uh, yeah. Regina George is the worst, and I don't know about you. I didn't know that much about Girl World before I saw Mean Girls, but I feel like it it educated me a lot. Hopefully, there's not that many backstabbing, slut-faced hoebags out there, but there's probably a few, (laughs) and and so I imagine it's it's terrifying to encounter. Uh, these girls. One of the things that I like a lot, though, about well, I love, I love Rachel McAdams' commitment to this character, yeah. who is ridiculous, uh, ridiculous on the page. But when you see her in the movie, she's just it makes a lot of sense, and it's done so well. And so, but it wouldn't work at all if she was not as committed as she is to that character. Um, but to yeah, so to see her as the, like the leader of the Plastics, who are these popular girls mm-hmm. that everybody hates because they're so mean and bitchy, but at the same time, they also really are jealous and want to be them. And so there's like a weird dynamic where, oh, Regina George is the worst and she's so mean. But then if she's nice to you for a second, even if it's fake, you're like, oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe that she was so nice. Like she likes me, all this stuff. So I don't know. She has that like, magnetism where you want to be in uh if if, you know if you're a high school age girl you want to be in i don't want to be in i'm just saying (laughs) that some people want to be in not a high school girl jake it's okay (laughs) i know i know um but i just i know how hard it is to be a teenager in high school and be trying to figure out who you are and what you're good at and what you like and all this stuff and so to be doing that and trying to learn in school, mm-hmm. that is kind of the reason you're there. Um, and then have to deal with this queen bully who is making your life a living hell just because you like her boyfriend or you're new in town and becoming a little bit more popular than her. Uh, she is her little tricks and the way that she like gets at you and the way she does like listening in on the phone call oh, yeah. and it sets traps for you to screw up and 
uh, all this stuff. It's just so conniving and and yeah, evil. So I felt like she She's had so to be on manipulative. The list. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to put her on, but I was like, I feel like I have a theme, so I'll at least make her an honorable mention and secretly hope. <laughs> Like, come on, Jake. Come on, Jake. Come on, Jake. I'm glad I didn't let you down. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like if Jake doesn't put her on his list voluntarily, I could see Christy being like, how the fuck did you not put Regina George <laughs> on that list? <laughs> yeah. I'm yep, so happy, true. Jake. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would not want to let you down. Oh, she's so bad. She's just the worst. She's literally the worst. Yes, I agree. Oh, what an awesome pick. Um, well, my number nine is definitely murderous. Um, Okay. But you don't realize it for a long time. And I guess this is uh, the first like legit. Hey, spoiler. uh, If you haven't seen this. Jake, I know you have seen this movie. You and I have talked about this movie. Um, okay. My number nine isn't human, but she looks human. Okay. Uh, that's kind of the whole point because we live in uh, we live in an age that scares me because everyone thinks <laughs> AI is so wonderful and they love all these uh, shit. Look what we can do with AI. And I feel like I am one of very small percentage of people screaming at the rest of the world being like, stop it. Stop it right now. This only ends one it's like they've way never it's seen Terminator 2. It's like yeah. they've never watched half of the movies that came out in the 80s and 90s. Like, folks. <laughs> Trusting yeah. the machines is a bad thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so my number nine spoiler is Ava <laughs> from Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. Now, some God, people might movie. be like, is she a villain? One, she's not like human. And two, like she just wants to be free. She's the villain. Yeah, you don't have to be a human being in order to be a villain. Yeah, she is. You could be an animal, you could be a machine. She is completely the villain of the movie. Um, and if yeah. you've seen the movie, you understand why, because the mm-hmm. long con is there. <laughs> and it is. Yeah. To me, every time I watch that movie, first off, brilliant movie. Brilliant movie. Mm-hmm. But every time I watch it, I get so unnerved when it all comes about (laughs) to the Mm -hmm. point where like I get not overwhelmed, but you just, you have that feeling of just like, (laughs) like, I don't feel good. This is just (laughs) such a horrible outcome. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. but Ava is, she's perfect for this kind of, and, uh, Alicia, oh my god, I always fuck up her name. Vikander. She plays Ava so well. I still can't believe that people aren't still talking about how incredible she played this AI robot or android. 
I love the movie. I love Ava. She scares the shit out of me. Uh, yeah. yeah. She's my number nine. Yeah, the way that she, when she does, it, the more you rewatch it, you do feel like she's plotting and like playing chess yeah. with this inferior person who like, he's off guard. He doesn't suspect her. He's like, oh, she's a dumb computer. She's probably not even artificially well, intelligent. Both of them. So he's not really paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, she, you learn over the course that she does, of course, have artificial intelligence. And, uh, and so you probably should be paying more attention. But when she gets out and uh, she, because she's not human, she does feel more unstoppable and yeah. stronger and kind of like a Terminator <laughs> in a way. It's, it's almost like they're still trying to tell us something, folks. Don't trust AI. Stop it. We need to stop it. Yeah. The machines are going to get you. No, that's a great one. I kind of forgot about her, which I feel bad about. That's an incredible choice. I completely agree. She's definitely a villain. Oh, God, I love that movie. It's such it's a good so movie. Good. Uh, okay. So last episode, like I said, I had two Batman crushes. This episode, I ended up having two Batman <laughs> villains. We did the same well. fucking thing. <laughs> Uh, and so there are a lot of villains to choose from. Like I mentioned, I don't know if we'll cross over. We already haven't. So maybe we won't this time. Oh also. no, I told you we did, but I, no, I mean, we didn't choose. You chose the mask of the phantasm lady and I chose Harley Quinn and the, but you have Harley Quinn coming up. So I guess that means that you won't have this one. Right. So that's good. I see. I'm catching up with the math that I'm trying to do in my head. Uh, my number eight is Selena Kyle or Catwoman from The Dark Knight Rises. And it's primarily because, uh, number one, I'm not a big Anne Hathaway fan. Mm -hmm. I'm not any kind of Anne Hathaway fan. I don't really care for her besides The Princess Diaries, which I honestly do like. Uh, but when I saw The Dark Knight Rises and she does that thing in that scene where she goes to the... She is pretending to be the waitress, mm -hmm. and then she goes and she talks oh, to Bruce Wayne for the insane. first time. The way that she drops the act of, oh, I'm just an innocent little waitress. Um, and then she's like, oh, no, I'm actually a badass who is like kicks out his cane and flips up the thing. And I'm like, yeah, this is absolutely the Catwoman <laughs> that I imagined from the animated series coming to life on the screen. Yeah. And so... Um, and then on the, and she's like flirtatious, she's confident, she's all of the things you want in that, uh, that villain. But the scene that really cinched it for me is, uh, when she goes to sell the fingerprints uh, to those guys and then there's a firefight that breaks out and she like drops to the floor and screams, uh, suddenly to like pretend to be. Uh, a victim of and not just like someone that was there for the actual exchange and so she pretends to be a victim the police rescue her and she like walks off uh, just that it's such a small quick scene but she commits so intensely and that screaming the way she sits there she just sells it so much that i don't know it just completely grasped me of how it made me a fan of the movie and of the character 
and of her performance in that movie for sure just kind of blew me away and we've talked before about how great christian bale is especially in batman begins where he can put on and take off the bruce wayne mask oh yeah like visually without actually physically putting anything on he just will change his persona uh, like that and so she is exactly the same Mm -hmm. way she's a great compliment uh to him which she needs to be as that as that villain who's kind of a love interest but uh she's also a criminal and he's a crime fighter so there's a constant conflict there uh it has just been always of course one of my favorite villains and so again to see her on the screen and portrayed in Mm -hmm. such a perfect way i i feel like that's the best and so i had to be on my list for that reason couldn't get uh much better in that regard no she's awesome as selena kyle i really like how she played the character um she made sense you you said it really well where she compliments christian bale's bruce wayne Mm -hmm. so well that they made sense from the moment that they meet each other in the in the room where she kicks his cane out yeah they just immediately like you just understood sure i'm a batman fan so every batman fan knows like (laughs) batman and catwoman it's like the comic book love story that rivals you know superman and lois lane so it's iconic but they made sense together and i love i love the relationship they show throughout the movie and i like that she stays a criminal even through all the Mm -hmm. the bane stuff and all that um and, and i like that she's challenged by batman's convictions and his dedication that she kind of feels that obligation mm-hmm. of like i should probably follow suit like this guy might actually be able to help <laughs> me get my life together and get some kind of shit together uh mm-hmm. which is the whole point of those two characters is she really yeah. is that project for him ish like it's a love story she brings out the best in him he does her yeah um, but it's like she's a complex character and i like her because she's she's not evil like a lot of she's the characters not on my list are no she's not evil she's a she's a survivor um and i'm not like yeah obviously i'm not gonna defend her criminal ways but <laughs> that character has always been that way where she's a survivor she's you know raised on the streets of gotham mm-hmm. she has not had a good upbringing she's just she's a cat burglar yeah. to get by and she's always in trouble so she does what she has to do she's morally flexible yeah yeah which is a huge challenge <laughs> for batman but yeah who is not <laughs> flexible at all he's stringently <laughs> right like perfect and so that's why they're, they're a great so conflict i love your pick i really do that's a great yeah. pick and she's just such a good job of being like convincing and manipulative yeah. as, as well where she she doesn't have to steal from you she'll convince you to give her everything that she you have anyway mm-hmm. so yeah she's incredible I love that's her. such a good pick all right well my number eight is over the top slightly obnoxious uh insanely violent And at one point animated and another point live action, (laughs) primarily live action. Um, 
This character has just always cracked me up, and she's just one of the most entertaining aspects of this movie, particularly this okay. part. Um, and she happens to be a part of one of my all-time favorite like fight scenes. It's just it's so incredible uh, because of the sound and the lack of music, and then the way the music comes in. Anyways, I just love this character. <laughs> she's out of her goddamn mind, and. Mm -hmm. uh, Lucy Liu plays this character perfectly <laughs> so my number yeah. 8 is Oren Ishii from Kill Bill Volume 1 yeah the scene that sells her to me of just <laughs> being like what a psycho hilarious obnoxious villain is when she's sitting at the table with the crime bosses gang leaders Right. The meeting of yeah of the family's council and she cuts the dude's head off and just lets it <sighs> spray blood all over and she just screams at everyone and then drops mm -hmm. immediately down to just being like, now we can get back to business and like <laughs> love it. I love Orenishi. She's one of my favorite parts of the whole Kill Bill saga, even though it's only two movies, but it feels like a saga. Yeah. Uh, my only complaint is that she's not in the story enough because I think she's my yeah. personal favorite villain that the bride has to fight in the whole in the whole series. Yeah, it's a shame that she goes to her so soon in the story. Yeah. I wish that she was like the last <laughs> one that she went to because that would be really great. But I I love her. She's she just cracks me up in just such a demented fucking way. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I agree so much that it's a crossover for me. Fuck as well yeah. Really? Because, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy Lou is great. And that scene that you mentioned is all is extremely great <laughs> where she like has this long monologue and it's essentially about, you can ask me whatever you want. I'm a very nice crime boss and leader of the Yakuza, but don't talk about how I'm half Chinese, half Japanese American, because I will fucking cut your head off if you do that. And uh, yeah, she's awesome. And yeah, all of the animated sequences, I it's the first time I even took any interest in anime, uh, partly because they actually show blood and not milk that helps because I don't know why anime often does blood white, but <laughs> Quentin Tarantino gives you the kind of anime you would actually care to watch, or at least me uh, gives me the kind of anime I would don't, care to watch. Don't at Jake or us. Folks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're not anime folks. No, no, but I haven't tried that hard to be fair. So if you have something good, I will try it. You know, I've been uh, kind of itching to revisit Akira again. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. And I know my daughter is a huge anime fan, but she's like, she's a massive fan of uh, Studio Ghibli. Ghibli? Okay. Whatever. I've heard of it. Don't at us. We don't know. Um, <laughs> so I feel like revisiting that stuff with my daughter, I will, I can just <clears throat> already tell. I'm going to become yeah. probably not like a deep fan, but I feel like I'm going to find stuff there. And 
She won't listen to yeah, this I episode, forgot. so I don't have to admit that to her. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that we did an Akira episode, yep. um, which we definitely did. And I, did, I didn't hate it. I would rewatch it because I feel like there's a lot I didn't really understand. Um, and I think I said in the Tenet episode, mistakenly, that that was the first one that was listener recommended which was wrong, but also the Akira episode yeah. was also listener recommended. So I'm wrong a lot is what I'm learning. <laughs> we always are. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Oren Ishii, she's awesome. That's great. <laughs> we'll talk more about her later. Yes. yes. Of all our crossovers, <laughs> that might be one of our best ones, Jake, because she's such a like, you don't think of her right away. I'm so happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. The one, the main one from Kill Bill you think about is uh, Daryl yeah. Hannah's character with the eye patch and the whistling and stuff. Um, but I felt like Oren was much stronger of a character. Yeah. All right. Number seven, Jake. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. I guess it's my See, turn. I huh? tried to help you. <laughs> Thanks I was you. trying to I give you like a go. super easy, like, all right, we're freak out flow. All right. I totally meant to do right. that. So my number seven <laughs> is um, I'm a big unapologetic fan of this franchise. And I feel like especially the first movie is one of the main reasons. One of the main things that I love about movies is when they're super small budget, when they're super unknown actors and when they just start tackling, uh, just making entertaining and interesting movies, and I love when they really blow up and become big because they they hit home and the people connect mm -hmm. to them because they're they're practical, they're I know all that stuff. So my number seven is that it is Katie. God damn from it! Paranormal Activity. <laughs> How did I not think of Katie? Fuck. Katie is great, and yeah, Katie from Paranormal Activity. Part of the reason I love her so much is that she's not a villain for most of it. She's just a lady whose boyfriend is messing around with camera equipment, trying to record ghosts. And over the course of the movie, you kind of learn a little bit more about her. And she she's becomes kind of interesting. Although she might have kind of a history or past that's kind of interesting. But the way that she turns into a villain is so complete and it's so complete that you can't see her as anything else oh, after yeah. that. Like it, the, the third act of the movie kind of leads up to her, like she's being pursued by this dark entity ghost demon thing and her boyfriend, you want him to like protect her and like save her from this thing. And then spoiler alert, it gets her and it possesses her and she becomes so powerful that it she doesn't need any protecting. She's just so she can throw him across the right. room with perfect ease because she's just so powerful. And and then she's that from then on. Like I love the first three or four movies, at least in the second movie when you see her on screen and it's uh, kind of a flashback to she comes to visit her sister and it's before the events of the first movie. But even though she hasn't been possessed yet, 
in that scene, that's all you can think of. That's all you can see her as is like, oh, that's bad. That's not good at all. The fact that she's in your life is not a good thing. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Yeah. It just builds up this like anxiety or stress inside mm -hmm. your body as you're watching it. Um, and I think that's very telling for how good the character is and how good the movie kind of pulls it off, uh, which is so exciting. So yeah, Katie and Paranormal Activity and just how it grows and how that character grows and seeing her as like, it's not like an exorcist style possession where she's like all done up and crazy no. and spinning her head around and all stuff. It's like a very quiet, methodical, she's just like slowly walking up the stairs. Like she's a, like her body is a meat puppet for this demon that she, that and nobody can stop her because they're all sleeping. Yeah. She's going to like come to your bedroom in the middle of the night. It's just, it's so effective. Uh, I love I it. I think, uh, I think people are still having nightmares of anyone standing over their bed while they sleep. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe how the fuck did I not even think of Katie? Yeah. Oh, well, good. God. I didn't think of, uh ava from ex machina and so now we're all even. right that's such a good pick though and you're right like after you've seen the first paranoia you know uh paranoia activity uh it's so like every time you see katie shut the fuck up <laughs> i was trying to ignore you it's not gonna happen paranormal i hate you i'm tired all right carry on <laughs> <laughs> yes after you see paranoia activity, i hate you so much really, really i deserve it i deserve it i talk so much shit to you i deserve it i deserve it it's okay i'll take it i'll okay. take it um so your number seven would be <laughs> i'm trying to help you <laughs> Let me help you. I refuse your help. No, I kid. Uh, that's a great pick, Jake. She is terrifying. Thanks. I, yeah. She's like a gross, terrifying. Yeah. You know, once she turns like, once she's actually possessed, she, she's not on screen a lot after that, even in the second movie. Mm -hmm. um, but when she shows up in the second movie, I remember she being that like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> no yeah. no <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and you you just feel like that person that you've been watching for the last hour and a half is gone oh yeah completely uh, gone and now it's, it's been replaced by something yeah. else and the, yeah that's not a good thing um well my number seven is part of the horror genre um i feel like she doesn't yeah. get enough credit that she deserves primarily because the movie gets kind of mocked and, and wasn't like super well received when it came out, but I feel she's developed a fan base over time since it came out. Um, but she's gross. She's creepy and she makes you feel icky pretty much the whole time. Mm. Um, my number seven is Esther from orphan. Oh, okay. She, when she fully starts doing her like murderous manipulation, uh, well, really, the manipulation is what makes her such a formidable villain to me. 
because she's mm. another one that plays a a long con on these families, on mm-hmm. these people around her. And she's got, I mean, she's a serial killer. She's straight murderer. She has no emotions other than hate and anger and the need to kill to further her, her, uh, her path, her way. She's just such an evil character. And there are scenes in that first orphan movie with her, where she's talking to like the deaf daughter or the little, you know, the son, or when she's finally like getting her way and she starts trying to seduce the father figure, it just gets so gross so quick. Mm -hmm. And the movie just rapidly takes you there. And you're like, this is ew. But I think she's a cool horror character, and I'm glad to see that she has developed a fan base over time since the movie came out. Because I remember the movie was not well received. I I wouldn't even say the movie is like super awesome or anything like that. It is entertaining, and it does fit into the horror genre very well. But Esther is just, she's so messed up, and she's just so... (sighs) manipulative and i think that's what makes her so evil it's i mean the murders are gruesome and brutal but her manipulation is what really sells her as like such a such an evil villain kind of her yeah. main her main weapon oh i guess yeah i don't i don't think i've seen orphan no it's no it sounds i feel like you would i mean i've seen that I feel like you would dig it. I think you would enjoy it. I probably would. I've seen the poster for sure. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea of uh, have, putting a child villain on the yeah. list. I think that's a good idea. I'm very uh, impressed by that. <laughs> that's very cool. Um, uh, okay. the, the prequel I will sucked. Watch the, the prequel was no good. So don't, don't watch the prequel okay. on Hulu. It was really bad. <laughs> Okay, good. I will skip that then. Okay. Uh, My number six is very possibly a crossover for us as well, because I learned last episode about your love for Famke Jansen. Is this like the third or fourth (laughs) crossover we have? Oh, my God. I think third so far. Yeah, uh, I would not have guessed that. Until last episode where you told me how much you love Famke Love Famke Jansen. <laughs> and so I love Gold. Yes, you do. And I love uh, Zinya Anotop, Ana Onatop, whatever her name is. She is just, when I think of like FM Fatale, who is scary and lethal, but also kind of sexy, Zin on the top is like the perfect most dictionary yeah. definition of a femme fatale uh, in my mind and her she's like a she's like a praying mantis who like lures her prey and seduces them into uh wanting to have sex with her and then crushes them to death with her legs and and murders them and she's kind of a psychopath or a sociopath or something kind of where she, she like gets off on it. She gets off on murder. Not even when it's like actual sex. 
when she shoots no. people, she is like yeah. in the throes of, you know, <laughs> enjoying it thoroughly. Yes. Um, so it's, it's, and it, this character is, I guess, kind of a, had there's a lot of similarities between Mayday from A View to a Kill, where she also crushes dudes with her legs, but it's not like sexual. It's just like, I have big legs, I'm going to crush you. Um, and so I prefer Xenia. I'm a child of the 90s, obviously, so it is what it is. Um, but just the, I feel like she's just possibly peak Bond girl or Bond villain. There's a lot of great female villains in the James Bond universe, but she is probably my favorite. And the way that she's like, I don't know, she's just an untamable viper. Yeah. She's like a, she, and she's like, she's so sexy. She's, she's, she's like a, she's like Medusa where she's like a forbidden thing that you, sh you can't get close to. And if you do, she will destroy you. And I don't know. There's something so scary, kind of scary about that, but also like she sucks you in at the same time. So it's it's a double edged thing. It's true. So yeah, Zinya on the top. What an awesome pick! And yes, it's a crossover. <laughs> and also my number six. All right. <laughs> I love when that happens. I love Zinya on a top. She scares the shit out of me um <laughs> i agree with everything you just said uh, she is mm -hmm. such a vibrant like insane just i don't know how to feel about her she's hot she's crazy she's crazy she's hot but like i mean I'm not going to lie, Jake. She'd probably kill yeah. me. I'd probably fall victim to her. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. She was squishy like She's... a jelly donut. And, and this is the role. I mean, this probably won't be a surprise since I'm like, I love Family <laughs> Jensen. But yeah, this was the role that made me like, I think I like this actress. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's just so. What gets me is how quick she is to pull on that trigger and how she just doesn't care. But then on top of that, you mm -hmm. can tell that she has like legit Russian military background. She's, you know, repelling yeah. out of a helicopter. Like she knows hand to hand. An ex fighter pilot and, and an assassin. And, now right. And, all that and stuff. she gets off on pain. So when bond is fighting her in the, in the bathhouse or whatever it is, He's trying to hurt her to get her to loosen her grip, but she's just enjoying it. She doesn't get hurt. <laughs> mm -hmm. and I think that's scary. And it's perfect for a Bond villain because what better yeah. kind of villain for a super spy to fight than someone that's like, I don't get hurt. <laughs> like you're going to have to yeah. get creative, dude. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like a super power for kind her of, to turn yeah. pain into pleasure. She just, she is one of the most like you, when she's on screen in Golden Knight, you don't you can't focus on anything else because you're just waiting for what's the next psychotic thing she's about to do. Because She is nuts. Yeah, 
I love yeah. love Xenia on a top. I'm so <laughs> happy it was a crossover. And at number six. Yes. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> it's the best when they cross over at the same spot. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Then I will move on to my number five. All right. <laughs> uh, which is a different Quentin Tarantino movie character that is not uh, Oren Ishii. E. Ishii, I believe. Instead, it's probably the most different kind of character on my list where she is just plain old gross and despicable and vile and disgusting. My number five is Daisy Damargu from The Hateful Eight. Yes. Yes. She is ruthless. She is racist. Yes. She is cursing and... They don't describe what her crimes actually are, but she's definitely murdered people. <laughs> and that's why she's captured by John Ruth, the hangman and worth $10,000 dead or alive. And I love her specifically. And the reason I put her so high on the list is because she is a different kind of uh, character throughout the course of the movie. You're kind of, you you want to, and I noticed this with a lot of the, the female villains, is that you want to give her kind of the benefit of the doubt, and you want to afford her every opportunity, and then, and, and especially in uh, The Hateful Eight, where she is treated very terribly by John Ruth and everybody around her. You don't expect a woman to be treated this way, um, and especially at this time in history, where she's she's beaten she's threatened she's violently smacked in the face and and uh, given a black eye and all this stuff there's just uh she's and she she's definitely a woman is but you so you feel like she should be treated like a woman she should be you know treated a little bit nicer mm -hmm. than all of that that's how you would treat like some piece of shit guy a villain that had like a male villain that had been caught and was taken to be hung but so but then she opens her mouth and you're like oh oh i i get it now okay like you this is exactly how you can't give her an inch hold up hold up i'm not saying that you should you if know, anyone heard smack a bitch. just that clip just that clip of our show of like <laughs> You should never, you would never treat a woman this way. You would never like do any of this. You would expect to treat her like a lady, like a woman. And uh -huh. then she opens her mouth. <laughs> like, and then she opens her goddamn mouth. Yeah. The, I'm not saying you should smack a bitch oh, if she gets out yeah. of line. I'm Here's saying. The shovel, Jake. Just I'm digging saying. It deeper and deeper. She is. She, she's the worst. She's she brings it on herself. No, that's worse to say. She is so detestable in her moral character that she would do worse to all of them. That's the you thing. You kind of forget she that would she's do worse. even a female because her demeanor, her actions are just yeah. so gross as a human being that, mm -hmm. man, our, our current climate wants gender neutrality or whatever the fuck right <laughs> yeah. there you have it folks like 
<laughs> yeah, which is the funniest thing to me because the Hateful Eight got so much backlash from people that were like, oh, it's misogynistic, like porn of like just it's for dudes to watch and enjoy this girl get smacked around. But it's it's honestly I mean, think about it. Is it more sexist to not treat this woman the same, knowing that she will murder you at first chance she gets? She's just as capable as all of those other men in that building of murdering you. Uh, and she will. She has the motivation and the despicable character to do that. She will murder you every chance she gets. To not, it's, it's maybe more sexist to not treat her the same just because she's a girl, even though she's, you know what I'm saying? She's just as capable as the men of being a villain and murdering you and all of this stuff. So yeah. why would you not treat her the same and keep like John Ruth, keep her on a very short leash, not let her like do anything or give her any opportunity to escape and kill him. Cause she wants to, she makes it very clear that she will um, kill him at a moment's notice. So I, yeah, I, I feel like, and I feel like that is a lot of what, um, Quentin Tarantino does in his movies. He writes these female characters who are very smart and very, uh, very calculating and planned out. They know exactly what they're doing and why they're doing yeah. it. And I don't know, they're, they're all just so well written. And so she is, uh, she's just kind of a fabulously insane and, <laughs> and brazen uh, villain throughout the course of the movie and you have to like kind of watch her the whole time you as watch you watch her, her in the, the movie. whole time her conversations uh with the hangman are some of the best dialogue in the movie and the movie's mm -hmm. full of villains that's like one of my favorite things about that whole movie the hateful eight is essentially just it's all bad guys <laughs> it's eight hateful people <laughs> like and one of them is a woman <laughs> You just, you hate them all. They're all just, none of them are good people. Yeah. Like, sure, some of them are lawmen. But when the lawman talks, you're like, this guy, he he can kick rocks. <laughs> he cannot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, she is, I love watching her in this movie. And uh, the actress has slipped in my mind. Um Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee plays that character perfect. I mean, she is. You don't see Jennifer Jason Lee. You just, it, it's just, I imagine the kind of crimes that got her to where she's at being just mm -hmm. so horrible that after she would get hung, <laughs> they like mm -hmm. pour cement or something over her grave because they're <laughs> like, nope. We're not taking yeah. any chances that this chick's coming back. <laughs> like, yeah, hell no. That's such a good <laughs> pick, Jake. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her, I imagine that all of her crimes were heinous. Just for so sure. bad, so bad. Like probably worse than what Quentin Tarantino would even allow himself to write. That's where my brain goes. Yeah. It's like her crimes were <laughs> yeah. so detestable that Tarantino himself mm -hmm. was like. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. 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 That she would probably go on to be like a legendary outlaw yeah. because 
<laughs> Nobody else could top that. What a good pick, Jake. Well, thanks. Um, See, we dug our way out of the hole there. That was a deep hole that you were digging. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, he's making it worse. He doesn't mean to, but well, he meant with that I one right there. Women. Uh, <laughs> I respect them. Uh, my number five is well, our first crossover, but much higher for me. This might be a cheat, but Harley Quinn has always just been one of my all-time favorite Batman villains, period, through the animated series, mm -hmm. and then when they introduced her into the comic books, um, and then in the live action, I've always loved Harley Quinn. I think she's just, she's beautiful, she's incredibly intelligent, but when she goes, when she gives herself over to that insanity, she becomes such an unstoppable force and she's actually shockingly kind of relatable in some ways where she tries to actually rehabilitate her life and get back on track. But then through like a course of uh, circumstances or coincidences where it's just, she trips up, she just immediately falls back onto what she's comfortable with and what she just figures, well, if I'm going to mess up my life anyways, I might as well mm -hmm. do what I was Burn doing. Um, Harley Quinn fully embraces being insane and being a villain. Uh, I know I mentioned it earlier with the Suicide Squad movies where and Birds of Prey, where they don't really, they never wrote her to show her fully embrace. And, you know, she's got the lines mm -hmm. of we're the bad guys, this is what we do. I wish we would have seen her fully just like, let's do this. Um, because when mm -hmm. she does, it's frightening. I mean, she's got pet hyenas folks like, and she six, mm -hmm. the hyenas on people. Like she thinks it's funny to treat humans mm -hmm. as her dogs chew toys. She thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. Harley Quinn as a character in general is just so scary and fun. And that's what makes her such like <laughs> you have no clue. She literally is that loose cannon. You have no clue what's going to happen. She's Pandora's yeah. box opened and you're just anticipating <laughs> chaos. Uh, right. And Margot Robbie is the perfect Harley Quinn. I'm sure, you know, that could change in like 15, 20 years. Who knows? Who knows? Lady mm -hmm. Gaga could blow us all the way in uh the joker sequel i'm very skeptical, i'm very skeptical but margot robbie just she's perfect she is harley quinn i just wish they would have given her better scripts to yeah. fit that character and you know what's hilarious in that first suicide suicide squad movie yeah they hypersexualize the character they didn't start hypersexualizing harley quinn until the video game started coming out with like the, the Arkham Asylum yeah. and then in the movie, but the comics and the animated mm -hmm. series, she was not hypersexualized for several years. She was just frightening and she wore a jester yeah. outfit. So I feel mm -hmm. like if the studios and the writers would have focused more on just letting her be that, yeah. I think it would have just, I mean, Margot Robbie took that character to whole new levels, but that would have just put her mm -hmm. at such a like peak. No one would have never touched right. it. 
but I love Harley right. Quinn as a character. Yeah. I can't not have her high on my list. <laughs> yeah, Margot Robbie is able to do that, even though she obviously sells tickets by being beautiful and being being sexualized, whether it's Suicide Squad or Wolf of Wall Street or whatever. Right. She sells the tickets to get people in the door. But once you're in there, then she actually has so much talent that actually when she like when she's breaking down because her boyfriend just left her and she's trying to figure out how to leave her life of crime behind and join this new family and mm -hmm. all that stuff even though the movie's not that great she sells it so well as as the actual character and where it's where she's coming from and why she's yeah. doing these things um no i totally agree she's great Okay, my number four, I think, is the one that you alluded to at the very beginning that was on your villain <laughs> list and uh, is a spoiler if you have ever not seen Gone Girl. You should see Gone Girl immediately because oh, it's great. Oh, Gone Girl. <laughs> but now that you know that it's a spoiler, I'm going to tell you. Amy Dunn, played by Rosamund Pike, in Gone Girl is the most terrifying and unnerving and helpless feeling watching Seriously. her. <laughs> she like pull, she's like a puppeteer pulling the strings and and I think it it works so well that she is it was partly works well that she is the narrator of the film and kind of an unreliable narrator. You don't know where she's going to lead mm -hmm. you. You think that she's leading you to, Oh, my husband murdered me and we're going to find my body and all this stuff that this is a posthumous narration. You think that's where it's going. And then you learn, Oh, she actually just ran away and framed him for her, uh, kidnapping at best murder at worst. Um, and and so you're like oh i i didn't see that coming at all because i i gave you the benefit of the doubt as as this woman who's talking about this man and he's cheating on you with his students and he's a piece of shit i hate that guy he sucks and then over the course of the movie you're like oh whoa whoa whoa, whoa wait a minute this isn't cool and you start to be like and then you start you're like realizing well She's like setting him up. She's framing him. She's cutting herself so that there's blood all over the house. She's framing him for her uh, for her disappearance. And and then you see her just like sitting in the motel eating junk food, and you're trying to figure out why. What is the motivation? Like, is it just that he cheated on you with the student? What is it? And then the re the thing that turns it all the way upside down for me where I'm like, okay, I am off your side and onto <laughs> Nick's side is when uh, she goes and meets her other friend, yep. Desi, like an old flame that still kind of loves her and sh the way she manipulates him and, and then murders him. And then she not only murders him brutally, but then frames him for her rape and kidnap and all of this stuff just as a story to get back into her husband's like to clear his name and uh, just publicly to, get back to into play to the races. masses to give a story to the masses yeah. 
it's so yeah disgusting and manipulative and ridiculous and the thing that that makes me feel the most uneasy is the fact that he knows what she's doing and but he can't stop it and he can't expose her or or tell the world because because she's in control of the situation. He's so mm -hmm. helpless to expose her. And even when he gets close, then he, she tells him that she's <laughs> pregnant because she impregnated herself with his child. Uh, and so he decides to stay with her to like, so that their kid doesn't have like a broken home. And so he f is just helplessly stuck with this crazy person <laughs> who's a psychopath. Uh, and it's just so scary. So she's so effective, and it's an incredible movie. But she is a she is. Villain. I love that movie. I love that book. Um, I think it's the best thing Gillian Flynn wrote. <laughs> like, mm. I watch it. So Amy Dunn in the book is so gut wrenchingly horrifying especially when everything mm. starts coming out and like you get the narration of what Amy Dunn is willing to do just to, just to get attention. That's the worst part of it is okay. she just does it for attention and control. <laughs> like, holy shit, mm -hmm. lady, like, go get a hobby. <laughs> right. Go, go play crochet or uh, croquet or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, Rosamund Pike, the way that she plays Amy Dunn, the way that she brought that character to life and the portrayed the actions that she does mm -hmm. is still some of the scenes in a movie where I just feel like helpless, hopeless, gross, mm -hmm. just like queasy almost because it's so evil. And it's so mm -hmm. just for the most obscene reasons, like why? Yeah. And the way that she's like happy to ruin Nick's life, even more so after she comes, mm -hmm. because you know, like that control. And yeah, when those end credits roll or when you read the last page, you just sit there like, Ew, what? <laughs> like, oh, Amy Dunn yeah. is oh, the worst. She is just so evil. <laughs> <laughs> She's, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good pick. I'm so happy you had it on it. I did not put her on my not. list because she was already on a top 10 because I just, she's one of the mm -hmm. most effective villains I think I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. She just is. Oh, yep. all right. Well, my number four, um, <laughs> I don't think you've seen this one, Jake. She's not a spoiler. You know, she's a villain pretty much from the get go. Um, okay. I don't think you've watched this movie actually, bud, but I love how this character is portrayed. It is a book adaptation from one of my all time favorite authors. Um, my number four is a character named Rose the hat. She is the villain from the movie. Dr. Sleep. 
She uh, is the leader of the group of like psychic vampires, I guess you would call them. Uh, they go around okay. hunting children who can shine throughout the country mm. and they murder them in the most violent ritualistic way just to get extra shine to feed off of. Um, okay. For anyone who's never seen The Shining or read a Stephen King book, you're probably listening to me like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, where have yeah. you been? If you haven't seen The Shining, go remedy that now. Right. Um, but she Rose the Hat is she's that playful kind of evil. She's very inviting and comforting to the children that she interacts with in the movie minus one. Mm -hmm. um, but the ones that she really is trying to like lure so that they can be her victim. She does it in such, such a way that as the outside viewer, you are screaming. This is why we have stranger danger. Like, Good God, <laughs> kids don't talk to any stranger. Um, mm -hmm. But she's effective and she's so calm for most of it. And she just like she gets she's very determined and she's very methodical and playful. And she's just I love this character. I think she's just so evil and fun to watch and unnerving to watch at the same time. She's very unique. Um I can't remember the actress's name that plays her, but she's fantastic. Rebecca Ferguson. Thank you. Uh, people would yeah, know her from Mission effect. Impossible, the last couple Mission Impossible movies. I really, really like her, yeah. She just, she gets to show a lot of range in Doctor Sleep, and I find it sad that the movie doesn't get the recognition it deserves, because it's an incredible mm -hmm. sequel, and she is an awesome villain. She's just so effective. And she's so high on my list because her victims are kids. And I think that's such yeah. a frightening dynamic where you have, because the way that she'll like manipulate children to come to her, she has that uh, kind of motherly feel to them, that comforting, like you're safe. It's okay. And then she uses that mm -hmm. as her weapon. And that's just yeah. so. And to, to lie to them and break it, that yeah, trust. Yeah, it's of, just so... It's just based on their innocence. That is truly It's truly terrible. diabolical. Um, so mm. yeah, Rose the Hat is my number four. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I haven't seen it. I was interested in it, and then I kind of didn't hear much about mm. it, and I forgot to get around to it. But if you're saying it's good... I really I like it. it. I do. I really enjoy okay. it. Yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, okay, my number three is our other crossover. Let me figure out where I am. Yes. Um, so Oren Ishii. Damn, dude, from... you got her really high up on the list. Hell yeah. I got I I had her in the like five to six range for a while, and then and then rewatched her, and she is just. It's it's if it was just like the fight in the snow. And the anime pieces and all of that stuff, I think I would have her at the like five-ish range. But just thinking more about her and then in relation to all of the other um, villains on my list, she's just so, she's crazy, like you said, exactly. But she's also so in control yeah. of the, 
like you have to be in a in control of so much to be to have risen to that level of power in the yakuza and and to have all of these people these people around you in the crazy 88s and in that council and everything respect her um, not necessarily because they like her and they didn't want to but because if you don't she'll murder you <laughs> and up, so <laughs> you have no choice but to respect her uh it's just such an extreme wielding of power that is uh terrifying and so for her to i don't know everything about her from her like perfectly organized attire mm -hmm. and her little those like wooden sandals that they wear and all that stuff and then she just like walks down the table and slices that guy's head off uh it's just so i guess a uh a conflict or a or a paradox in a way where it's she, how can she be so graceful and and you know prim and proper right. and formal and then also so brutal and terrifying at the same time it's, it's a great um balance there and then her whole story you do get a good amount of i guess um, empathy towards her as you actually learn her backstory mm -hmm. and as as a child she had to like go on this revenge mission to kill this guy that killed her family and all this stuff um it's sh that level of dedication and commitment and all that stuff really shows why she was on the deadly viper assassin squad and why she was has become the um the kingpin that she is today or queen pin i guess so yeah, she's she's awesome, and she, Lucy Liu plays her perfectly. Uh, so I I put her way up oh, there. Yeah. No, she's just she she really is like my favorite part of mm -hmm. Kill Bill. Uh, I I I think every time I watch it, I love both parts. I love the whole story, um, but I don't think there's ever been a time where I found myself wishing like or not wishing. You know, I need more. Oh, Ren. Yeah. Like, she's just, she's a perfect character. I, no offense to Daryl Hannah, but I would much rather seen way more of Oren Ishii than, mm -hmm. uh, I don't even remember Daryl Hannah's assassin name. I don't either. Now that you mention it, it's not. It's, I bet it's a snake. It, it is a I'll snake. I just that. can't remember what it what snake it is. It's not Black Mamba. Uh, L Driver. No, Black Mamba is uh is right. Oh no, you're right. It is L Driver. Yeah, L Driver. Yeah, I thought she I had thought a, she had a snake name. But, code name though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oren is just <laughs> what an awesome, awesome, psychotic <laughs> character. <laughs> I, f I forgot it because it's a dumb snake name. She's California Mountain Snake. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's, that's why you only know her as L Driver. <laughs> or the Eye Patch Lady, mm -hmm. as my wife calls her. I think that's how everyone calls her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I love our crossovers on this one, Jake. <laughs> I absolutely love our crossovers. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. All right. My number three um is another comic book character brought to life uh she's been brought to life a couple times and no offense to 
Jennifer Lawrence for trying to reboot this character. I think she was just given not great scripts or not great direction on how to play this character. Definitely nowhere near mm. as great of makeup. Um, but my number three oh, yeah. is Mystique, the Rebecca Romaine Stamos version of Mystique. <laughs> uh, that character, X-Men. coupled with the the music that they chose to play whenever she's on screen, the way she fights, the way she just moves around the screen, how she's able to, you know, blend in, change her, her form, change mm -hmm. her look to, to get her way to further her mission. Mystique mm -hmm. is just, I, man, I think she is probably one of the most formidable all around villains. My only problem is that she spends too much time under the control of Magneto in the sequels. Hmm. But man, I would love just a full on mystique story. Not don't make her a hero. I know that's like the thing for Hollywood. They were like, Oh, let's sympathize with the villain. Yeah. Like that, that works sometimes, but don't try to make us feel bad for the villain. Like they're a villain. She's a right. straight up murderer. Does not care. Right. <laughs> she does not respect life especially human life she thinks human are scum i just mm -hmm. she's like she i think she's my favorite part of that first x-man the x-men movie i mean i love that first one mm -hmm. still it's not great but it's super entertaining to me but mystique just steals that show for me every time i watch it i get so excited to watch all the the fight choreography with her and wolverine you know, just the way that she mm -hmm. carries herself throughout the film. I love that character. And I love that version of the character. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that her commitment to the villain's cause mm -hmm. in the X-Men is great. And the fact that she can change forms to be any human being that she wants, but she's kind of repulsed by it that she, would rather be her mutant yeah. self and 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 kind of hates all of the human stuff that she is made to feel bad for being a mutant and so she wants to just be be who she is which is certainly admirable but she takes it to an extreme level and trying to uh falls under into magneto's thing <laughs> right. of just just let all the mutants rise up kind of thing yeah she'll kill yeah, mutants. She's she great. doesn't care <laughs> yeah I know she's yeah she's bad. she's just always been such a a fascinating character to me from childhood to now I just and and especially Rebecca Romaine Stamos I mean sorry Jennifer Lawrence but mm -hmm. your mystique just comes across emo and that's not mystique <laughs> to me <laughs> yeah yeah she's missing the confidence and the uh, the visuality the heartlessness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh well that's that's awesome that what you said about it being kind of from childhood the one that you grabbed onto the most that's my number two for oh. me um I, there's one of the first names i wrote down when i uh, started putting my list together so my number two is dr elsa elsa schneider from indiana jones and the last crusade <laughs> And she is so 
I don't know, she just sticks in my mind so strong where partly because you don't expect, like I said at the beginning, you don't expect her to be bad. You don't even really expect there to be Nazis in the movie because you get pretty far into the movie and then they get to this castle and they're like, oh, shit, there's Nazis here. And Indiana Jones says he hates these guys. But at that point, once you realize there are Nazis in the movie, you have already fallen in love with Elsa, just <laughs> like Indy has. You've kind of fucked like, up. <laughs> yeah, she's a very nice and very charming Austrian art dealer or art historian i think and she's was working with indy's dad and she's like you know, started to go on this little adventure with him and you're like oh this is the new uh marion right. ravenwood she's the new uh lead heroine and then she has this betrayal of indy when and his dad is like no, she's a bad, like she's bad. She's obviously <laughs> bad, but Indy is so sucked in to her, like she, he's, she's in his claws mm -hmm. or he's in her claws at this point that he tries to save her. And then she just betrays him and takes the grail diary. The when, 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 and even though she does that, even though she's a bad guy, even though she's a full on Nazi <laughs> going to rally. That was what I was waiting for. I was like, Jake. <laughs> She's a Nazi. She, she's very bad. She's very bad. She's a Nazi. She goes to book burnings. She's in full support of them achieving their cause and collecting all of these holy relics and achieving this ultimate power to take over the world. She's all for it. So she's a very bad person. At the same time, you can't help but wanting her to be redeemed. <laughs> Like you're in the same position that Indiana That's Jones true. is in where even at the end where she has the grail cup and she's like, Indy, let's get out of here. Like I'll share it with you and all this stuff. You're like, I want you to be good. I want you to be good, but you're, you can't be, and you're never going to be. And that's just, I guess the, the, the conflict of the movie. And, but so she's a great villain because she's so unexpected and she's so, I mean, it doesn't get worse than Nazis. That's a pretty bad villain right there. So that's partly why she's so high <laughs> up there. But also because I think it's a it's a unique scenario where she's bad, but you really, really, really don't want her to be bad. <laughs> that's true. Uh, and so it's, I don't know, it's just a funny scenario. And the way that she... <laughs> you get the idea that she has manipulated and probably seduced both of the Jones boys, uh, Indiana and her dad, Henry, his dad, Henry. Um, even if it's just appealing to his ego or mm -hmm. whatever, um, she's, she's a vixen. Like oh, she is not afraid yeah. to do whatever it takes to get uh, what she wants. And so uh, I think that she has an easy time of it uh, overall. So she just from the earliest memories of my life is like, you are a bad person. <laughs> You're a bad person. Shame and on you. Should you. Feel bad. How dare you yeah. do this? Yeah, she's uh, she's no good. She is no good. No good. And the fact that she's a Nazi mm -hmm. kind of like. Were you obligated to make her number one just based on like, how do you get more evil? and fucked up the nazi well she's number she's two. up there she's up there 
She is up there, but yeah, that I mean, that definitely was a big <laughs> part of it. Like, how do I top that? <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, my number two is probably. It, it was funny, like putting this list together because, well. All right, so I've got a couple that aren't like the, I guess, sexy kind of villain. I've, I've got a few that aren't that way. Um, this one, yeah. my number two is very far from even thinking about that kind of stuff. Um, just the character is not that way. And mm. she is so messed up in the head and so caught up in trying to have control on everything and trying to put this perfectly innocent persona out in the world with absolutely everybody she meets, but she's so caught up in her own obsessions that it just gets the better of her. And you come to find out she's like perhaps one of the most evil characters i think ever written um and kathy bates plays this character flawlessly uh my number two is annie wilkes from misery she so if you haven't seen misery i'll try not to spoil (laughs) stuff um i guarantee you have heard of the very famous ankle scene from misery Mm-hmm. Um, if you have not seen Misery, though, you should go watch it and then, you know, be cautious about when people are excited about stuff you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But just the way that she plays Annie, you know, Kathy Bates plays Annie of finding her favorite author and wanting to help him after a car crash and her obsession just taking too much control on having him at her home and the way that she manipulates everything. Mm -hmm. And just the more you learn about her, the worse the whole situation gets and the whole movie for the most part takes place in her home, in the bedroom that she's holding uh, James Conn's character. Mm -hmm. It is such an uncomfortable movie to watch you feel like there are scenes where you feel like you are confined to the bed with James Conn and you cannot get out of it. It just, it's so, you just feel bad. You just feel gross and you feel confined and claustrophobic almost. And you just need to breathe and get out of the room. But getting out of the room means you're going to learn some stuff that is even worse. It makes the situation just so much dire. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I love misery, but Kathy Bates as Annie Wilkes is just, she is one of the most terrifying characters I think I've yeah. ever seen on screen. And she's so quote unquote innocent for two thirds of it. And then when everything like mm-hmm. is revealed, you're just like, that makes the innocence even worse. And that's why she's <laughs> so high on my list is because tainting innocence and purity is just so i i think that's one of the most evil things anyone can do is just ruining that kind of stuff so annie wilkes is just she Mm -hmm. scares the shit out of me (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I think that's very true. And also from the perspective of a female villain specifically, I think that there is historically like male male villains have more of a t ability innately perhaps to disconnect. And that's why you send them to war and you send not villains, but you send men to war and all that stuff. Um, whereas women generally speaking very generally are more maternal and have babies are supposed to take care of things, people, all of that stuff, especially children. Um, and so for that, that character who, who you suspect or assume would be you know, maternal. She's trying to take care of this guy in a car crash, all that stuff. Uh, for her to be very much not that and to corrupt that innocence, like you said, it is an even bigger, I guess, turn of, of events yeah. that you don't suspect. Yeah. Uh, I love that movie. Even though I got a strong stomach and I've seen that movie yeah, hundreds of times. I got to tell you, that ankle scene still makes me just like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, good. it's been a minute since I've seen it, um, but it's definitely very, very good and very, very effective. Yeah. You, everybody should see it. It's one of those classics that everybody should it see. It really is. It really is. Uh, okay. So my number one favorite femme fatale of all time uh, is... Maybe not the most evil. Maybe it doesn't actually do any real life killing of anybody else um, besides herself. But I think that on the level of femme fatales and the, the peak version of that, kind of putting together all of the pieces that we've talked about so far, I think this is the best uh, version that I've seen. So my number one is Mallory Cobb or Mal from Inception. Oh, shit. Yeah. She oh, is... shit. That's exactly what you think when you think about her in this movie. Because she is... the, And I think Christopher Nolan actually described Mal as the essence of the femme fatale. Because she is a siren. She is this she's described as the shade she is not an actual real person anymore you've spoilers for inception if you've not seen inception because <laughs> i'm going to get deep into it for a second um she is the main character dominic cobb's ex wife who has died uh, because she killed herself she continues to haunt him as a specter as a ghost in his mind uh, in his dreams specifically and so when I say she's a siren, it's because like mythology, she is trying to call him subconsciously back like into to, to, to join her, like to end his own life yeah. and join her in this dream state um, because of such a complex story that I'm not going to get into until we actually get into Inception. But the fact that she she's a character that is trying to tempt him away from his goal she's tempt he, he just wants to clear his name and go home and see his kids because he hasn't been home in a really long time but everything he tries to do through the course of his 
these heists, these inceptions, these missions and stuff. Um, she is constantly sabotaging the things that he's doing to try to stop him to it, 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 it is manipulative, but it's manipulative in a way that you, you don't fault her for it in a way. Like she wants him to, to fail. She wants him to stop doing what he's doing. And, and, and he wants to as well. He's very much drawn to her and, and feels a lot of guilt for the whole experience that led to her killing herself. Um, but the way that she, she, she as, as someone who is tempting him is based entirely on the fact that she was pulled into this dream world, was enjoying dreaming and how enjoyable dreaming was. Um, she wanted to enjoy that with her husband forever. And then when he incepted her with the idea that her reality isn't real, she killed herself um, because she didn't believe anything was real. She didn't believe her children were real. She wanted to kill them. She didn't believe, she thought they were projections and wanted to kill them. And so just the madness that she spirals down into and how she pulls him, tries to pull him down with her as he's trying to hold on to reality at the same time. Uh, I think it's such an interesting dynamic and he's trying to keep her memory alive while also kind of playing with fire in a way that she is making things worse and worse yeah. for him as, uh, as it goes on. Um, and so she, I just, I love that movie and I love her and, and I love that she's a femme fatale. That's not like sexy. Like she's, She's not sexualized, I guess, is the main thing. She, the attraction that you and the audience and, and her husband feel is more just for like the love that they share right. and wanting to get back to that and and wishing, hoping against hope that there's a way that you could get back to being a happy family again. Um, but she kind of ruined that and she's trying to prevent him from finding a little piece of that ever again. So she's kind of the villain in that she, way she really is oh man mal <laughs> there's a lot to be said about that movie um jake you know that anyone who's listened to the show knows that it's in my it's one of my all-time favorite movies i was actually just telling my daughter about it a little bit more in depth mm -hmm. And just telling her the brilliance of like the story writing and all that and why it's one of my all-time favorites and how base of that film is actually such a simple idea it's just blown up on such a massive scale but man mal is mm -hmm. she is intense to watch because every time she is on screen especially after you are told what she is and what she's her goal is uh she's mm -hmm. genuinely kind of scary whenever she shows up Mm -hmm. And there's a scene where uh, it's when, um, oh man, let's see here. We've already dug a, a little bit of a grave. I'm, I'm going to try not to dig it too much <laughs> deeper. <laughs> okay. Uh, when at the time, Ellen Page 
<laughs> walks yes. into a room and it's like it's kind of quiet for a second and all of a sudden you hear Mal behind her. The movie is not mm-hmm. horror. It's not like thriller suspense and in, in mm-hmm. a kind of normal way. It is suspenseful. It is a thriller, but it's not like murder thriller. Um, yeah, but it sets up the stakes in a way that you understand. Yeah. them. And, and so when that when she, all she has to do is say a word and you're like, I know who you uh, are, right. I know what you're doing. And I know that. And it's as bad. soon as you hear Mal, like, say, what are you doing here? I just know you are instantly filled with dread because you're like, mm-hmm. Mal knows you. She knows you're not supposed to be here. Like Mal knows too much. And now she's mm-hmm. talking directly to you. That's nothing good can come from this. Like at all, you need to yeah. get out of the situation. Mal is intense. She's very intense. Yeah. Who? Jake, I commend you. What a fantastic <laughs> number one. And yes, one of these days we're going to dive into Inception. Um, I have a lot to say about that movie. It's so hard not yeah. to say a lot about it right it's now. Incredible. <laughs> but that movie just, it's mind boggling how good of a movie that is to me. And Mal is, yeah, what a perfect number one. That's so good. Jake. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Thank you. Well, my number one kind of segues from yours really well, actually. Uh, You went from a movie that's about kind of, I don't want to say alternate realities, uh, but different realities. Okay. Well, my number one is an alternate reality version. Okay. Um, She also happens to be animated. And she also happens to be one of the most nightmare fueling characters I think <laughs> anyone's ever seen. And then when you watch her, mm. I've, my daughter and I talked about this. Every time I watch this movie, this character just gets more terrifying to watch. She just gets deeper under my skin every time I watch the movie. So my number one is Other Mother from Coraline. Have you ever watched Coraline, Jake? No. Okay. Just, just, I thought it was a kid's movie. It's marketed as a kid's movie, but when you watch it, okay, that would be why it's, it's not, um, just, just look up a, a a picture of other mother from Coraline. Thank you. Um, (laughs) That will, that will give you nightmares she is right there. Nightmare fuel yeah. dressed like a housewarming mom. <laughs> but she's got buttons for eyeballs. And it's just yeah. you trust her. Well, as the audience, if you trusted other mother right away, mm-hmm. I hope you learned real quick you're not supposed to. Uh, for the rest of us, <laughs> it's like an immediate red flag of this is very toxic environment, very dangerous place to be like as Coraline goes in and out and the way that she is so easily tricked into like trusting this other mother for other the mm-hmm. other mother's purpose and 
and desires. It's just so evil to me because uh, she feeds off of children and you do come to find that she straight up murders kids and eats them. Yeah. And, and Coraline, like like classic uh, fairy. Yeah. It's very fairy tale ish. It comes from, you know, Neil Gaiman, who's notorious for that stuff. I love his work. Um, But yet there's just something about this character. And I really think it has, it boils completely down to the maternal trust being completely just betrayed. Yeah. Betrayed used for nefarious purposes and exploited. And just to me, that is like how much worse can you really get when Mm. you are doing that and you are using this belief from a child into like their mothers and you're just ruining that trust. You're just absolutely destroying this, this child's life and you're doing it over, you know, from the guise of a mom. Uh, It's just Mm -hmm. so evil to me. And she is so creepy and she just gets worse. Like she takes, she takes a different form later in the movie and that's supposed to be the like, Oh, now she's really a monster. Yeah, she's creepy looking. But when she <laughs> looks at you with those button eyes, there's just something like it is hard to look at the screen when she is like just looking <laughs> dead eye. But there's mm-hmm. there's a part in it. It is the moment to me that every time I watch it and I watch Coraline a couple times actually f- prepping for this because I was like I watched it that first time. I knew she was going to be on the list. Watching it was like, God, she's so evil. She's on it. <laughs> and then I just, I couldn't get her out of my head. And I watched her again. And was like, there's a scene where the table is bountiful. You know, this home cooked, delicious meal is prepared for the family. They're sitting down as like this loving unit. And the other <laughs> mother hands Coraline this gift. And Coraline's oh cool. And the gift is a needle and thread and two buttons. And the plan mm-hmm. is the other mother's like, you have to give me your eyes and sew the buttons on. Like she wants Coraline to harm herself. No. To sacrifice this part. Nope. Coraline is like a 12-year-old girl. I don't like that. Right. And she does it with this big <laughs> smile and she does the whole like, well, you don't want to disappoint me, right? You you love me, yeah. don't you? And it's just so... Just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that like manipulative, abusive... Very, very abusive. Very, by yeah, proxy. and... After I watched Coraline a couple times just prepping for this trying to figure out where is other mother actually going to show up. It was that scene that I just kept coming to. And I was like, I can't get past this of this monster trying to trick and guilt a child into harming themselves Mm -hmm. for the pleasure of this, this figure. Like that's just so gross to me. That's just so on every level possible Mm -hmm. and i'm pretty positive i would feel this way if i wasn't a parent but as a parent it is such a like 
Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So other mother is my number one. I just, she is so evil. She's just okay. perfect. <laughs> that sounds absolutely terrifying. I do really enjoy that. I had two animated crushes and you have two animated villains. villainesses. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Oh, that was Good 10. Balance. Holy crap. We did it. That was 10. All done. Uh, do you have any honorable so mentions? So the honorable mentions, I had to kind of chuckle at myself because I was like, <laughs> when we first were going to plan this episode and, and I sat down, I wrote two names immediately that were like, well, obviously you think Femme Fatales in film, you're going to think Basic mm -hmm. Instinct and you're going to think Fatal Attraction. So mm -hmm. I rewatched both of those movies. And they're good villains. <laughs> yeah. But one, the movies really suck. Um, <laughs> I am not a basic instinct fan. That movie is yeah, just not good. Fatal Attraction has some like intense moments. Like I don't hate it, but it's just, it gets mm -hmm. so caught up in the hypersexualization of these characters that to mm -hmm. me, the point of the movie gets lost or the point of the story gets lost because they want to, you know, the writer and director wanted to jerk off on set. Uh, sadly, yeah. these days I make that joke, but that probably wasn't too, too far. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely within the realm of possibility. Uh, I hate saying that, but it is yeah. what it is. Um, so I guess technically they would be a couple honorable mentions, but I, I just, I couldn't put them on my list. I was like, you're, you're okay. Characters mm -hmm. and villains, but I just, my list, they're better it, movies. Yeah. And my list just fit that kind of villainous, uh, what we were going for in my opinion. So my yeah. real <laughs> honorable mentions, <laughs> um, are kind of silly ones, honestly. Um, there's another Famke <laughs> Jansen one. She played a witch. Uh, it was like Malia or something, or Malika, something like that, in the Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters movie. She's fun to watch in that. Okay. Uh, she's all like witched out in it, which is awesome. Um, I also had, uh, not Zool. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Damn. Oh my god. I closed my notes and it has the name on it and now I just slipped the fucking name. Um, uh, I'm god. picturing in my mind not Dana. Dana. Well, Dana turns into Dana? Zool. I was going to actually yeah. do my honorable mention as um, uh, Gozer. 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 Uh, which yeah. I guess technically isn't Gozer is sexless, but it's played by an actress. <laughs> so that was going to be my, <laughs> okay. My excuse. Uh, it was, she's played sure. by a woman, uh, but I thought that would be a fun one to have would be Gozer. Um, yeah. Fuck. I had, I had one more, but I can't <laughs> think of it. Yeah. So th right. those are mine. <laughs> Uh, I was going to do Athena from The Hunt. Oh, my Wank's character. God. Yeah. Yes. 
I love the hunt. The hunt I feel like so it's so good. fun. I love the most dangerous game. It's one of my favorite stories. Um, and the way Hillary Swank plays that character is really fun. I also learned from this movie and from her character that you should use a bread knife to cut tomatoes. And I've been doing it ever since. And it, it works. works amazingly. It works. Oh, it's great. Wow. I will never stop doing it. Yeah. Okay. So, so she's helpful and also a terrible <laughs> person. Also out of her goddamn mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you have to have Pussy Galore from Goldfinger on the true, list. True. Just just because. Um, Pamela Voorhees from Friday the Thirteenth. Yep. Classic yep. uh, mother killer. Uh, not that she kills mothers. She is a mother who kills people. Um, and then uh, Helen Sharp from Death Becomes Her, Goldie Hawn's character. Man, the... I I rewatched it because I love Death Becomes Her. I've loved that movie since I was a kid. I was like, everyone in this movie is just so vain. And I couldn't <sighs> tell, like, who's the actual villain in this? Because both of them are so mm -hmm. fucked up. And they're so they're on the same page. They're just competing over Bruce Willis. Uh, yeah. So I just I couldn't figure out who I would actually list as the villain of it. <laughs> but I think that's a good one. Oh man, Dude, the show. Yeah. I think it's like the more formal villain, but yeah, they're all kind of terrible. They're all terrible. They're they're all terrible. <laughs> the whole movie is just hilarious. How it makes fun of vanity. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's our top ten. Someone, did you have more honorable top mentions? Cool. Nope. cool, that's it. I like our villains or our femme fatales. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're a bunch of scary ladies. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, powerful, powerful, scary, scary, scary ladies in these movies. Uh, <laughs> what lady scares you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't say uh, anybody yeah, in your no, real no. life. We're talking fictional. Fiction is a yeah. good thing. Oh, Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That's who it was. Yeah. She is yeah. a bitch. <laughs> She's a bitch. Um, that was a fun list. I like that list. It was fun to prep for. Yeah. I agree. It was a kind of a good. It was different. For it was. Sure. And I always like that. Um. Well, we got a fun one coming up next week. Uh, if you saw, yeah, speaking of prepping for yeah, stuff, if you saw our schedule that that Jake posted, uh, you know that we're gonna deep dive into the movie Seven Samurai, uh, which mm -hmm. is a classic, super classic film. It's inspired tons of like action films. The Magnificent Seven was the re the American remake of that movie, and then that got remade. Um, it's got a lot of reputation or big reputation. It's done a mm -hmm. lot. It's significant, iconic. And Jake and I realized we've never watched it. <laughs> no, we both have never seen it. I very embarrassingly asked you, I was like, have you ever seen that movie? Right. And you're like, no. And I was like, thank God, because I haven't seen it either. But we were both I didn't like, I feel like a bad movie. We fan. were both raised on watching The Magnificent Seven. And it's weird yeah. that neither of us ever saw the movie that started mm -hmm. that whole thing. So we're going to dive. Yeah. And we love, 
Love black and white. Yeah. Love classic epic movies. And this thing is like, I was looking at the runtime. It's like three and a half hours long. This is an yeah. epic film. It's a big uh, one. Very excited for that. So for you, you classic film buffs who claim mm. to have seen Seven Samurai because you're like, of course I've watched it, but you haven't actually go watch it and then you can listen to us dissect <laughs> yeah. it. Um, or if you heard about it, never watched it, obviously go watch it before we dissect it. It's weird to say we'll spoil mm. it because it's, oh, man, when they come out, like the 50s or something <laughs> well, like that? Yeah. Uh, 54, 54, 1954, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to spoil that movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited for that one, though. That's going to be a good one. I am too. Yeah, it's got a 100% Rotten Tomatoes with a 97% audience score and an 8.6 on IMDb. So classic, very good movie. Apparently, <laughs> we will see what we think we'll find next out. time. We will find out. As, as long as it's better than Citizen Kang, like... <laughs> it's, it has to be. It has samurais and swords. And it's and like historical-ish. Uh, yeah. Don't worry, folks. I used ish very loosely on the historical, <laughs> but I'm stoked for that. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. Uh, go buy some shit while we still have this current logo. Uh, we probably won't reveal the new logo for what, another month or so. Until it comes Until it out. Comes yeah. out. Uh, but keep your eye out for that. That has yes, to stick around. We got some fun, fun new stuff. Um, I'm not going to say too much, but I'm very excited for the new stuff that, that you were showing me. <laughs> mm -hmm. It'll be weird yeah. having those, uh, <laughs> but in like a good weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very excited folks. So chime in, let us know who your top femme fatales would be. Uh, if you think we were crazy for having the ones we had, who you would replace mm -hmm. or whatnot, you know, let us know. Uh, start a conversation. Yeah. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the people reaching out about their crushes. Yeah. I think everybody has a movie crush. And if so, you don't, you're full uh, of shit. I'm just gonna say. Yeah. It. Yeah. There's a lot of people that kind of just threw out theirs, no matter how embarrassing. I saw one really person fun. commented saying, "How could we not have uh, Selma Hayek?" And I think you responded with mm -hmm. like, "Well, which movie?" I have a feeling they'd be talking about from dusk till dawn. That seems like the obvious choice. Um, I personally would have gone with her as the muse from Dogma, but that's just me. Yeah. That's fair. That's definitely yeah, fair. Yeah. But let us know, folks. Keep listening. We appreciate it. And uh, let us know yeah. if there's a movie or kind of episode you'd like to hear us do in the future. Uh, last mm -hmm. half of the year is still kind of open. I say kind of because I have a feeling Jake has... Uh, schedule hidden that he's just waiting to tell me. Uh, <laughs> I did have an idea for there Halloween, it is, but that's a little ways off. So. <laughs> there it is. We'll see. Uh, but let us know. Uh, chances are we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, we're always open to it. All right, man. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you Bye. next time. Bye.